0: All right, well, I guess that just broke the ice right there, right? So let's just make this a conversation. So we're doing our second show, and uh, I had a couple topics that kind of struck me throughout the weekend because we had Bellator on Friday, and we had the UFC on Saturday. Did you have a chance to watch the UFC? I saw all of it. You saw yeah, all of it?
1: I watched it, watched it as much as I could, and uh, some good fights,
0: some interesting things happened, but yeah. overall, it's a good show. Hey, the one thing I wanted to, like, was going to talk to you about was... Um, like fighters and their legacies and Chadman has just retired and for me I was just trying to figure out the, what what do you like for me like what I remember the most with him is his scraps with Jose Aldo especially he, I felt like in the first one he was he was having a good performance was able to try to you know get the work done Jose caught up with a beautiful knee and put him out the second fight was a way different fight and it was just a Stylistically, I thought he, out of all the guys to potentially beat him, I thought it was going to be Chad. Was going to be Jose Aldo, and you know, and then he got in. You know, some later on had some issues uh, with uh, commissions and stuff. But what is going to what's going to be your? How are you going to remember him,
1: Chad? You know, I look at Chad, and I, it was how explosive he was. Yeah. He was so strong, such a good wrestler at the time, and then he became very powerful with his strikes. And when you looked at that second fight with Aldo, it was so close. And there was that mm-hmm. one shot at the end of the round that might have been what actually changed that fight around. You know, and mm-hmm. he, he got right at the bell. He got hit with a shot that hurt him and put him down. That might have been the, what kept him from taking the title that night. Yeah, He was, uh, he was a special fighter. I, I did his fight against Frankie Edgar, and in that one, you know, he got... He got uh, hit with a shot that put him out, and you know, and he got hit. He came back, but he was out at that on that shot. So mm. he was a he was a dynamic guy, and I, I love the fact that you know when he he took the fight against McGregor on a couple weeks' notice, and, and, and he always stood up, and you know, just he just played the part of being just a good fighter, a guy that you know what you could count on that was going to give you everything that he had in the fight. And in that fight against McGregor, I thought he gave everything he had. He was, you know, two weeks of training. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, that's yeah. not easy to do against a good fighter, and he gave it everything he had. I, I will always look back at Chad Mendez as one of the guys that you could always count on. was going to give you everything he had, and he was great.
0: He's just one of those good guys. He kind of honestly – I have follow him on Instagram, and, you know, we've had a couple chances to talk, and, you know, I never really hung out with him a whole lot, maybe like once or twice in Vegas, you know, at some of the events for the summits and stuff for the UFC. But he reminds me a little bit of Matt Hughes, that wholesome, good guy. It just seems like a like just seemed like a good guy, you know, like all around, just fun to be around, very nice. Always seemed like he was smiling and, you know, I don't know. Like I, I had a different relationship with Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes um I didn't get developed that relationship till later on where Matt was, to me was just he was a good guy, fun to be around. Same thing now with Chad after like I go back and I've seen him around in some of the circuit fights here, you know, uh, smaller shows in in Northern California. And he's always a pleasure to be around, man. He's just always smiling, always saying hi and he, he kind of fits right into that mold of the Uriah Faber, the, that 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 team Alpha Male when they were all together as a cohesive unit. They were so fun to be around watching them run through, you know, the uh Madelay Bay or the MGM is a group of just buddies you know just all really good guys and they all just you they could get, they get tell they were all got along things eventually faded and you know we end up where we are now but um I, I don't know I just I feel like he he he's one of those guys I think had he had another another two weeks on top of that I think he would have beat Connor You know, he had a good chance. And I think there was Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that rematch. I felt bad that he was never given that opportunity, you know, because that was the fight because there was everyone had talked about Conor not ever fighting a good wrestler. Well, he fought him, but he fought him on 10 days notice or whatever, two weeks notice. And then, you know, Conor never fought another really good wrestler up until he fought Khabib really after that. So, I mean, I would really just say it, would just, it was really just Chad and Chad taking the fight on short notice. It really, to me, wasn't fair. I would have loved to have seen that fight be ran back when he had a full camp or at least four weeks, you know, to prepare for him.
1: Yeah. What well, I, I honestly believe it could have made a difference in that fight, you know, because you look at what Chad was doing, he just got tired. And yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You get tired. You know, things are going to go in a bad way for you because – you just are, you you wait you hesitate you 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 try to take an extra bet breath instead of taking that shot that you know you can throw, and you know that's just the way it is when you take that fight on short notice. I don't blame him for taking it, and, and I, I love the fact that he stood up. But like you said, you know when you when you compare him to Matt Hughes, that's a good one because a lot of people don't know what it's like when you become that fighter and you're out there and the public then knows you and stuff. And some guys don't respond to it, you know. In a in a bad way, they just don't care about it. Matt mm. never cared about it. and I don't think Chad ever cared about it. You mm. know, he liked being by himself. He liked going out in the woods. He liked hunting, same as Matt did. And you know, he liked being in the gym with the guys. And past that, he didn't care about yeah. fighting. He really didn't. You know, he didn't care about what the, the auxiliary things that come with it didn't mm. matter to him. And that's probably one of the reasons I liked him.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you. Yeah, 100%. To me, he's just going to leave, I think he leaves behind a legacy of just being a good guy. And on top of that, and like you said, someone who always brought it in the cage. Um, And uh, it was always a pleasure watching him fight. So explosive, so dynamic. And then, especially as he started learning how to strike better and wasn't just a wrestler, he became a lot more uh, aggressive. His tenacity was just unmatched, really, in a lot of things, especially when his conditioning was on point. You know? but to touch on that, though, that the one thing that I was thinking, though, which kind of relates to the TJ Dillashaw thing, is he came off that long suspension, Chad did. And you could just tell that, like, he had a couple fights, but he never really got back into the groove of fighting consistently. And do you think that maybe that's something we may see from TJ when he comes back? I mean, a long time. Two years is a long time.
1: Man, you know, it's such a long time. And then people get this thing, like, oh, it's only two years. Two years. I always say that, you know, if, if you have a 10-year career, you've done really well in MMA. 10 uh-huh. years is a long time. Now, there's guys that have longer careers, obviously, uh-huh. you know, some that will even double that. But it's a matter of taking two years off of – that's a fifth of your career in the uh-huh. way I look at it, you know, more than a fifth. And it's uh, it's just so hard to know how someone's going to be because what will happen is if you're that guy that, you know, you get that suspension – so then you've got to figure out a way to make money
0: mm-hmm.
1: and fighting isn't the way to make money. You can't do it then. So you're running, doing things for your sponsors and you're not in the gym. So you're not improving. You're not getting any better. You're not doing the things that you would normally be doing if you were still fighting. And that can make the difference that, you know, look, at there's a very small percentage between good and great. There really is. There's just not that much, and it's you know guys that work their asses off to get there, attain that greatness. And when you're great, and then you're not doing those same things, you're going to drop down. And when you're facing other great fighters, that can be the whole, the whole thing right there, and the difference of you getting that win or not. And so it really depends on what TJ is doing. Is he is he in the gym training with guys? Is he in the gym? helping guys you know he's got Juan Archuleta that's got a title fight mm-hmm. is he going to be in the gym with Juan Archuleta training you know and doing things the right way with him that's going to say a lot about what happens when that suspension is up
0: well that was going to be into my next point is Bellator announced their uh, featherweight tournament you guys saw you not bad the- huh yeah it looks absolutely amazing <laughs> um I actually yeah it's it's going to be crazy. I, I got really excited when I heard the first fight. Basically, it was going to be Patricio and Juan Archuleta. But then you have these other fights that are already announced. So you have Bellator on September 7th. You have Strauss versus Campos. Curran versus uh, Borix. Sanchez God, that's versus... that's a good fight. That's going to be a good fight. That's and, a good fight, dude.
1: I cannot wait for that fight.
0: And you have Sanchez versus Claxton. You got uh, Cecilia versus Carvalho. You've got Pitbull and Archuleta. Caldwell versus Corrales. Weisho versus Rogers and McKee versus uh, Karihanyan. What's the fight, outside of the the title fight, obviously, what's the fight that stands out to you the most?
1: Well, there's two. And, you know, I, I will say it because, well, I mean, God, they're all good. Yeah. I mean, come on. They're all so good. But, you know, I, I talked about the Pat Curran, mm-hmm. you know, fight. That against Adam Borch, man, that's a good fight because look at at least when you know Pat got back in and he got back in against AJ McKee, and you know, you know AJ got that win, but there was some things that Pat did that were good. There's some things he has to shore up and take care of, but he's fighting a guy in Adam Borch who just got that win against Aaron Pico, and he's so good. But you know, there's the one. There's a fight in there that Daniel Veicel against Sal Rogers, mm-hmm. and look at Sal, no People don't know who Sal Rogers is. Josh, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. I know who he is, but I know he is because look at he was on the Ultimate Fighter and he beat everybody. In yep. fact, Ryan Hall just had a fight in Sacramento. Ryan Hall, I did his fight against Saul Rogers in the Ultimate Fighter and Saul Rogers beat Ryan Hall. Yeah. And then beat everybody else mm-hmm. there was and then Ryan Hall got the opportunity to come back and fight for the that, you know, title I guess yeah. if you want to call it there to win the ultimate fighter show because Sal Rogers visa, he had visa problems, he couldn't get back in the country, and he hasn't been, you know, able to come out and fight the you know the guys that he was fighting before in the US. Now he's back. And I will tell you, he is super strong. He is fast. He's good on his feet. He's got good wrestling. That's a great matchup with him and Daniel Weishel. That yeah. is such a good fight. I cannot wait to see that fight.
0: Yeah, that's going to be good. I mean, just the power and the strength that he has and what he possesses with his wrestling, his credentials in wrestling, just everything about him just says he's a true fighter like through the, to the top to the bottom. He's very well-rounded. I yep. uh, did his yeah. fight in uh, where were we at in Birmingham? I think I did his fight there, I think against Aiden Lee. And what I think they had a they had a fantastic fight. What a fight. And um I just I, I, that fight definitely excites me. For me, though, from what I understand, why I talked to Scott Coker last night. I was with him, and he said that Juan Archuleta asked to have Patricio for the first round. He wanted yeah. this fight, but why? Why? Like why? This that you for me in my mind. I was thinking those two would meet in the finals.
1: Yeah, I can understand you looking at it that way, but I want you to think about this. If you say. If you're Juan Archuleta and you have gone through 18 straight opponents mm-hmm. and you've been asking, you wanted Darian Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Then you, you know, Darian Caldwell goes and fights Horiguchi. And then you know what? You end up fighting the ex champion in Dantes and you knock him out. Why wait? You know, he's saying, hey, I want to fight the champion now. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting the tournament. I want to fight the champion. I want to beat the champion. And I want to move on as the champion in that tournament. That's what makes Juan Archuleta who he is. That's why I love watching him. He's just, he's a believer in himself. That is a huge, you know, factor in fighting. You know it. I know it. Confidence is everything. And right now, both of those guys, you know, Pitbull, you know he's confident right now. Mm. Look at his last fight against Chandler and what happened. And look at Archuleta against Dantas. Both guys are confident. Both believe that they're going to win. And that's what you want to see in that kind of title fight. Yeah.
0: No, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Yeah, I, the first the first fight that I saw that kind of stood out to me, though, was the uh, current and Boric's fight. Because that, yeah. that reason why that stood out to me is not so much just stylistically for that fight, but was I look back at the Pico fight and the Boric's fight. And I was like, was that the fight to see who got into this tournament? I think and, it was. Because now Pico's not in the tournament. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. there goes your opportunity and your chance to win a million dollars. Because I have <laughs> I
1: think I think Scott Coker said, All right, you know what? I got an idea. And I don't know. I have slots and I don't have, yep. you know, I have sixteen. That's a lot, but I have a lot more than sixteen fighters at featherweight. And I need to put the best guys in here. Well, we're gonna find out who's the best. And Adam Borch won that fight and yeah. he's in the tournament, and that's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, him versus current would Pico versus Curran would have been interesting. Just the experience oh, yeah. of Curran, that would have been an interesting fight. But I think Borch. I would just... like
1: to see. You know, I would have loved to see him, and I understand why he's not, but you know, look at who just recently signed with Bellator at featherweight is Robin van Rossmullen. Man, I would have loved to see Robin in there. But I mean, you got to give him a chance. He's coming over from. Glory and the uh-huh. kickboxing world and coming into MMA, so I understand why they didn't. But yeah, yeah. I would have really loved to have seen him, you know, maybe matched up in there.
0: Got it. Um the other thing to touch on something else though was you had a chance to watch the UFC this last weekend. Yep. Yeah. There was I wanted to get your this would be more of your area of expertise versus I have no area of expertise. As man. a fighter. As a fighter. <laughs> you know that i'm thinking to myself when i see aspen Ladd stand on that scale like how is the california state athletic commission letting that woman fight
1: well and yeah i can tell you this and i can't get into detail on it but i do know that it didn't really have to do so much with her weight there was some other uh other factors involved with it. the doctor was there the doctor told the athletic commission who he's working for, said, Hey, look at, she's not that dehydrated. She is, she's pretty hydrated. She's got other issues right now. And that was causing her a problem because of the cut. And so she was trying to work through those problems and it was, it it was a bad situation for as far as the way she was feeling and having, you know, certain things going on. But yeah, it really wasn't so much the water or the weight that she had lost. Yeah. So that's why she was allowed to
0: fight. Yeah, I've seen this a couple of times with females. Cause I've trained a couple uh, female boxers for uh, yeah. golden gloves, things like that. They have their monthly cycle. And next thing you know, yep. they try to dehydrate just a little bit. They're retaining water, but they also start to cramp a lot more heavily yep. like, in the abdomen area. And it just makes it harder for them to stand upright. So when she's stepping exactly. on the scale, and if that was the issue, then I can understand that completely what the that- issue was.
1: Yeah, that was the issue right there. You know, I don't want to get into, you know, poor Aspen's, you know, yeah. you know, personal life, but yeah. it really wasn't the water and the weight. It was she was having yeah. other issues and so, you know, you got to you got to look at everything and you know, guys don't have to go through certain things. No. Girls do and, you know, I sometimes I look at them, and it's such a hard position to be in because it is hard to lose the weight if you're on that yeah. And then if you've done that and then you can get into this where you start having body cramps that, you know, they're they're almost debilitating. So I felt yeah. bad for. her.
0: Yeah. Not that I would know <laughs> what that feels like.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't either. and I don't want to. I
0: can't imagine, honestly, especially after losing the weight and then trying to stand up in front of all those people and, and get on the scale. No, man, I just. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I give, uh, I tip my hat to all the females that have to go through that. Like I said, I've trained a couple girl boxers, and they've just so happened to be boxing or making, having to make weight right on their cycle, and it's yeah, uh, it's easy. brutal. Yeah, they're brutal, and you know, I, I, yeah, we, I've seen it before with, um, uh, what's it called? When Gina Carano and Cyborg had fought A long time ago One of them was having that going through the same issue at that time And having a hard time making the weight And they were struggling to get the weight down So I remember yep. having that conversation Back in the strike force days So yeah. <clears throat> um, To touch on more of that of With Aspen Ladd In giving your referees Expert opinion <laughs> I wanted to talk to you I felt that when I watched the UFC That there was a ton of early stoppages is that something that the commissions are starting now to do? Or is it just happened to be that this, that group that night was just, they saw something. Well, Maybe they made it early stoppages or the way the fighters were falling. It looked like it was early. I, I don't know. Like, what do you think? Well,
1: you know, it, it comes down to just about, you know, most commissions, most big commissions, you know, they're they're going to have almost a stated policy of, hey, we want you to stop it one punch early rather than one punch late. Okay, and that's because look at they're there saying we don't want to have the fighter hurt. If you look at them, you're saying they're not able to protect themselves. Then we want you to stop that fight. Don't let them get hit again. So, you know, to say you know I talked to uh I talked to Beltran about the Uriah Faber versus Ricky uh, Simon fight, strong. and you know he tell you know he told me, and sometimes you just you don't know. It's hard to see because on tape, watching on TV. I can't really see Ricky go out. And yeah. Mike tells me, John, he went out. He got hit with a shot, and I see him go out, and I'm dropping down, and he got hit again, and he came right back. And that happens. You know? Yes, I know. You know I, I I had that one fight. You know, I had Nick Diaz against uh, Paul Daly. And if I ever, ever wished that a camera was in place to see a guy's face, it was in that fight because in that one, you know, Paul Daly gets hit with just one right hand after he'd been hit with a lot of shots and made it through everything. Mm-hmm. And he's on the ground, he gets hit with one right hand, and his right eye is looking straight up at Nick and his left eye just does a left hand turn off to the side of his head. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I stopped the fight and people are like, why did you stop? And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, his eye just turned in yeah. his head and it's like, you wish you could, you know, show people those things yeah. of what you see that sometimes the camera just doesn't pick up.
0: That I, I tell people this all the time. That was the greatest one round fight I'd ever seen in my life.
1: Yep, the greatest
0: one round fight I'd ever seen. I in my agree. Life.
1: That is the best round ever in MMA yeah. overall.
0: Yep, uh, hands yeah. down. Yeah, I just um, <clears throat> I wasn't sure if it was something that maybe the commissions are trying to watch more of, maybe in California. Um, I wasn't. I I wasn't sure. It just felt like there was a lot of early stoppages. Uh, Jermaine's fight seemed like it was stopped a little early. I, I I could see why, because Aspen Ladd went down on all fours. She didn't really respond until you know, she kind of got shoved I, I over to her this. back.
1: And when, you know, when when you're watching that fight, and this I, I tell you know other referees this all the time, and it's hard because when you're you know Herb, you're seeing she got hit with a huge right hand, mm-hmm. and you know Jermaine can swat for a yeah. girl. I mean, she she's beating up guys. She knocked the out. Time. She
0: knocked a guy out in boxing.
1: Damn straight. So yeah. I mean, she can swat. And, you know, when Aspen goes down, there comes times when, as the referee inside, you see the person, you know they're done. Yeah. And there's times when you, you sit there, and I've, I've talked to you about this, you know I, I've got to let you take one more. Yep. Because i got to let everyone see that, yep, you're not going to come back from this, and they get hit, and they go either unconscious – And everyone goes, oh, great job. And you go, I know I should have stopped that one earlier because they didn't need to take that one. And that's really what you had with her stoppage is, you know, Herb just didn't let her take that one. And in the end, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, you know what, she got that was an early stop. And, yeah, it was a little bit early. It was early as far as, you know, you're looking, could he have let it go longer? He could have. But for her health, for her career, Mm -hmm. in the end, She wasn't going to make it past what happened after that big right hand. And I would just say that, you know what, just on to the next. It's okay.
0: Does Jermaine Jermaine beat Amanda Nunes?
1: Wow, I tell you what, you know, if you're looking for someone in the stand-up, and I've always said, you know, everything depends upon, you know, uh, how someone fights. But I believe that Jermaine and Amanda fought before. I think I was there. Yeah. And Amanda in that fight took Jermaine to the ground and beat her up on the ground. Yeah. And, you know, Jermaine at the time didn't have much of a ground game. And if they were going to stand and bang it out, I'll tell you what, right now, Amanda Nunez is on fire yeah, and Jermaine is just as good as you can get in the stand-up. That's a 50, 50 toss. If you bring in Amanda trying to utilize all the skills she has and, you know, take her to the ground at times when there's opportunities I still say Amanda wins that fight.
0: I think Amanda wins if she fights smart like you're saying. The question is has have the big wins and the big knockouts of like over Cyborg has it gotten to her head? Has she now all of a sudden started thinking that she is able to just knock everybody out? And this is somebody I think with a, with Jermaine, sure she could potentially knock her out. But she's going to take some big shots in the process and she may get. I agree herself. with you. She can make it a lot safer fight. If she get takes the fight to the ground and just follows the game plan yep. from the first time. She, I don't think she's somebody that she wants to stand with.
1: No. I mean, if you're looking and you're saying, well, you know, where do I have a distinct advantage in this fight? Mm-hmm. Look at, yeah. you know, a man has got a distinct advantage on the ground. And so why not utilize that? But look at Jermaine has been working on her ground game for a long time. Now it's not the same. As back in, you know, I don't, I'm trying to guess when they fought the first time was probably 2015, 15, 16. 2013.
0: You know, was it 2013? 13, yeah.
1: Damn, I'm that old. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> and, uh, coming
0: through on your beard.
1: <laughs> oh, man, tell me about it. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've seen all these old pictures of everyone coming out today, man. Yeah. It's, it's great. Everyone's looking, everyone's so, looking as old as me.
0: I got to try but, that, uh, new, that new app, makes us old.
1: Yep. I'm going to definitely do one for you there Josh cuz you need that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I could be I get I got to get to your level, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, you got to have
1: all the wrinkles, man. You know, you can't have that smooth skin. The that's, one I liked the,
0: there was two that I liked. I like Ariel Hawanis and I liked uh, oh, yeah. co- Cowboys looked really good.
1: Cowboys look good. I yeah. like Bisbings.
0: Oh, I didn't see Bisbings. Uh,
1: Oh, it looked really good, no, man. man. I was like, damn, Bispeet looks good old. He look, he almost looks stingy. He looks like a Sean Connery, man. Oh, you know what? I actually
0: did I actually did see it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he does look so, good. With his little vest uh, suit vest on. Yeah, yeah exactly. he looks good. <laughs> wow, he actually does look like a Sean Connery. That's Thank pretty you. Yeah, he looks, good. Like looks Uriah. good. Uriah looks old and weathered and beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Uriah, yeah, Uriah looks like a boot. Oh man. That's yeah. so funny. This these apps are great. All these new face swaps and all this other stuff that oh they're doing. God, yeah, there's Ariel's. He looks Ariel's, This looks the same with a gray beard. <laughs> um. All right. Before before we wrap this up, but uh, you know, just wanted. I didn't get a chance to ask you this. Chad Mendes, Hall of Fame. Yes or no?
1: <sighs> I'm gonna tell you no, and it's not. You know, outstanding fighter. You know, has uh, just had a a very, very good career. But, you know, I can tell you, I've had a lot of friends that were outstanding fighters, be it boxing or MMA, you know. And I can start naming off guys that, you know, fought against the very best and always seem to come up just that little bit short against the very best. And they never made it to any Hall of Fame. And uh, I would say that, you know, great fighter. I just don't think he makes it in that. Do you? uh, And if you're talking about the UFC Hall of Fame, there's a lot of guys that need to be in that that aren't so far. So he would be a little bit down the list in my voting. That's all.
0: Would you put him in that Kenny Florian category? The guy that always kind of just came up a little bit short in certain areas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, Kenny is a great example of a dynamite fighter. And Kenny was a lot better than people realize. No, he was good. Uh, but, um, you know, Kenny always had that fight where, you know, and Dana used to say stuff like, oh, you know, he shits the bed when he you know, gets to the yeah. championship fight. You know, he didn't. He just met guys that at the time, you know, caused him problems. He had the championship fight against Sean Shirk. You know, he lost to Diego Sanchez in The Ultimate Fighter. But, you know, he also had some great fights. He had a great fight against Gomi. Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: know, he, he had some big wins in his career. So, you know, Kenny Florian is, uh, was a dynamite fighter. Chad Mendez. And they're both riding that fence on, you know, that Hall of Fame. I think Kenny's got the Hall of Fame thing
0: because Dana's going to put all the uh,
1: ultimate fighter one guys in there. And that's fine. That's what you're going to do. No problem. Kenny makes it. Great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No complaints there. No complaints.
1: So were you able to see any of the prelim fights from uh, Friday at the Windstar? No, I was not. Oh, dude, did you miss some fights? Which one? Which one? Well, for one, let's see. Jordan Young. Looked fantastic against okay. Joel Bauman. Joel Bauman was a wrestler from Minnesota and stuff, but Joel came out after him and was just just putting it on, trying to go after him. Jordan, nice and relaxed, ten and zero in his career, and gets an opportunity, locks up a triangle, and chokes him out. Just a beautiful career, you know, as far as step up, as far as the competition was good. He looked great doing it. But Leslie Smith had a fight against Sinead Kavanaugh. Yes. Leslie, Leslie Smith is a gangster. Yes, yeah, she is. I'm just telling you. She is full-on OG. She didn't take a backward step, and Sinead is throwing everything she has. Sinead was getting exhausted moving backwards, yep. trying to say, like, what is going to stop this girl? What a fight between the both of them. Incredible, and a great win for Leslie. She got i – I'm not sure if it was a split decision or, a, or a unanimous, but it was well-deserved. She went out there and just – slung leather man she was going after it she was great
0: what do you think i mean i mean she comes from gilbert's camp gilbert melendez's camp a scrap pack trains with yep. uh carrie melendez i mean they have a good group of people there you know i don't know if gill's gonna continue fighting but he's gonna focus it seems like he's gonna focus a lot on building his team leslie smith being the new addition to the bellator family so i think she was doing really well in the ufc before they released her now she's here with us You know, she's been tainted. I think a little bit with the way that people perceive her and talk about her because of all the commission stuff or the commission stuff. But the uh,
1: project Spearhead,
0: yeah. The the, what was it?
1: Project Spearhead, the
0: union. Yeah, yeah. So for the for the fighters' unions and stuff, she's been you know trying to spearhead all that, and it just it kind of backfired, I think, on her for for the UFC and kind of her fighting career. So she had some time off and. I think now she understands I think how much she missed it. Sure, it's it's good in pushing for those things. But yeah. I think also too you can't let it get in the way of what your ultimate goal is and that's to take care of yourself. You know, you can't yeah. you, you can't lead the way if you're not in that cage fighting. And that's that's the hardest part. If you're on the outside, that's why every fighter that tries to do it after they retire, they're saying, Oh, they're old and they're bitter, and then you've gotta try and do it while you're still a big name in the sport. And Which isn't he, easy. And you got and you, the reason, yeah, it's not easy. You got to keep doing it while you're trying to while you're in the cage, but you just do it in a very, <clears throat> in a very uh professional way. Not so much like this is the way it should be, and the, because the promotions don't want to hear that. You know, the I think the fan, <laughs> the, well, not just the promotions. I think the fans don't want to hear it either. They're like they they understand that we're looking, we're we're trying to, you know, the fighters are trying to fight for. I guess you would say you know better pay and you know better rights and all these other things. But at the end of the day, people that tune in they want to see people fight. And if you're if you're winning, winning. I've said this before a hundred times. Winning solves everything. Okay, you can ask you can ask Kobe Bryant, you can ask Tiger Woods. You start winning, people forget about everything you did in the past. Winning solves everything. And
1: sometimes with that winning, it's you know achieving certain things in the sport and getting to you know that point where you get a title. Now everyone's going to start to listen to you, and no one's going to get rid of you just because uh, they're mad at you. You're the champ, and yep. you have that platform that's going to help whatever cause that you think is important for you to uh, push.
0: Exactly. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm glad, to, glad we got her. The I was going to wrap it up there, but this one thing that's really been kind of on my mind is Van, Van Stenis versus Leon Edwards. It has not been announced, but I do know they've been back and forth bantering with each other. Um, okay, question. Stop.
1: Stop. You said Leon Edwards, or are you talking Fabian Edwards?
0: Fabian, sorry. Fabian Edwards. Sorry. <laughs> Did I just say that? Sorry. Fabian Edwards and Van oh. Man, <laughs> if
1: Man, if, 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 if that fight happens, that is an awesome matchup. Van Stinas against Fabian Edwards would yes. be incredible because they're just both dynamite fighters.
0: Dan Ste uh, Fabian or uh, Fabian Edwards though the little bit of inexperience last fight didn't look all that great looked you know looked okay but didn't look as dynamic as he normally does I mean but he's also been yep. putting getting people out of there in the first round so it's not fair to judge him by the fact that he went you know he went the distance you know oh he went the distance with a tough opponent uh, it's not fair to do that but um <clears throat> Vancinas took him the first fight Vancinas or his. Vancinas' fight, he actually went through a phase in that first round where he was trying to figure out his last opponent. Was able to figure him out, and they got into the second round. Was able to put him away. So Vancinas, though with the experience, training with um, gay guard, higher high level guys that have fought all around the world, I would give. Would you say right now the experience level um, would go towards Vancinas?
1: I would honestly. Right now, I would look and say. Look at Van Stinas and getting rid of Mike Shipman the way he did. Yeah. Okay. Shipman's tough. Ship, Shipman had won 13 fights in a row, uh, you know, and uh, hadn't lost since his very first fight in MMA. And you look at that fight with Costello and the way Costello just nice and calm gets against the fence, the way he set up the elbow and then finished it off. Fabian is an explosive fighter, you know, and he's going to give everyone trouble but you know van steenis has fought you know guys like chris honeycutt and shipman and it's been going up as far as his competition who he's been facing and all of that tough competition only makes you better and i'm not going to say that you know anything bad about fabian and the guys he's been fighting he's he's had a couple of you know tough fights the last one he had that kid was really tough he Mm -hmm. just wasn't all that technically able to keep up with fabian and fabian just tried to keep him at a distance but that's a that's a hell of a matchup. And look, if Fabian Edwards can knock out anybody, and Vanstinus, you know, he's human; he could get knocked out, no doubt. But I'd say the overall game right now, I would give Vanstinus a little bit of the edge.
0: Gotcha. I'm excited. Hopefully, that fight comes to fruition, and obviously, it'll probably be on the European series. So, I will be there, cage side. I don't want it to be in the European series. <laughs> I, I bet you don't. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, hey, I'm gonna wrap this, and uh, like I said, we're doing this now. It's uh, called weighing in, and we're just gonna be doing short little 30-minute clips of us just chatting it up. This was this one ran a lot smoother than the last one. All right, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but um, what do you got coming up? We have Connecticut end of August. That's yeah, we us. have
1: Connecticut end of August. I gotta go uh, shoot some stuff. Um... For Bellator here in a in a couple of weeks, and I got to do the uh, Association of Boxing Commissions as its annual conference. So I'm going to go after that for a couple of days and help teach some stuff, and then get ready for
0: Connecticut, which
1: it's got all kinds of heavyweights. You know, there's a couple of big fights in there, so it should be an interesting night.
0: It's always fun when the heavyweights get in there.
1: Yep, you never know what's going to happen. No,
0: it all it all ends in a blink of an eye. All right, my man. <laughs> I'll ch- I'll chat with you soon, and we'll keep in touch. I'll see you next week.
1: All right, brother, you take care of yourself. Go teach those kids, man. Yes. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs> See you later. Bye.